the latter two plays, the very beautiful plays, Craven 448 Psychosis, what the challenge for the actor and the director in those plays is who speaks when, what are they doing as they're speaking, where are they? She gives us no clues. All she gives us is the challenge. She wrote the first draft of Craven like a week and had it put, put, first read as a lunchtime show uh, under a pseudonym so that nobody was going, oh, it's a new Sarah Kane play. And it's it, it's incredibly popular bit of work that people have had less problems with than any of her other plays. So Crave was a big shift in style and a big move away from the the worlds of blasted and cleansed, which um, which even though they have their ambiguities, they they still gesture towards a, a sort of they are set in some sort of place. Um, Crave doesn't seem to be set anywhere at all particularly. She's moved away from creating an identifiable um, contemporary world anyway. And on the page at least, it takes the form really of, I suppose, four voices. And actually what becomes perhaps more important than matters like sort of intention and motivation and, and, and character are things like rhythm and pattern and form. So it's a play that where character and language slightly disengage from each other, which is, I think, one of the most beautiful things about it. If in Crave you don't have a sense of place or, or character particularly, she's now not even indicating character at all. In fact, on the page, if you look at 448 Psychosis, um, it's not at all clear really for, for, for great chunks of it that it's a play at all. Um, there are, for example, um, sections that just appear to be numbers placed on the page and it's very unclear whether those are, uh, is that dialogue? Is that something you're supposed to say? Is that in some sense a stage direction? Is this telling us something about pace or rhythm? But of course when you stage it, you have to decide how many people are going to perform this, how you divide up the text, uh, which bits of dialogue, which bits of stage direction, uh, and so on. I think it works like jazz. It's that, uh, it, it, that there's a number of elements playing themselves through with certain themes and uh, motifs that it goes away and explores. I do think if you've got get actors in a room to work on that play. It's like getting a number of proficient musicians together and say, right, here's the theme, this is the, the song that we're working on. Now, where does it go? She was really ill, and, but somehow, somehow I've articulated that and turned it around and made it into something I thought was extraordinary, I still do. But it's almost too, it was too raw to look at directly. It's like staring at the sun, you, can't, you need to mediate in some way. So I thought the idea of the mirror at 45 degrees above the stage. So you have this, which somehow gives you extraordinary distance. It somehow, it's a bit more like a movie or something. It gives you a bit of separation. It sort of takes it away from being completely literal. But of course you have the choice. You can also look at the performers directly or not. And I projected into the mirror. It was like there was no shadow to this projection. It's like completely immersed in it, like swimming in it. There's a sense of that play as being a very, very live, improvisatory 
kind of text that needs to kind of live in performance or be absolutely completed in performance. When she was first writing her plays, it was very noticeable to me that there was a certain audience that just wouldn't go there with her. But a younger audience, they're open. The work is being tested all of the time. It's played around the world in many languages and cultures. And when a play can stand that kind of scrutiny, that kind of testing, in so many different environments to so many different um, audiences and still stands up and still has meaning, it tells you that that's a really good bit of playwriting. What I find genuinely astonishing about those plays is that she never described her despair. She dramatised it. In order to dramatise something, in order to be funny about it, you need to understand it. And she was able to look at a world that she was in conflict with, but look at it actually with a profound level of compassion, of understanding, of humour, of irony. And it's the love, actually, that makes the plays timeless.